Love It or Leave It is brought to you by Angels Envy. Envy is commonly regarded as a vice, but it can be a good thing. Envy can be a catalyst for creation, inspiring the world to raise the bar. And Angels Envy is a bourbon that is worth the envy. Angels Envy bends the rules. It's a little different from all the other bourbons out there because Angels Envy is the pioneer of secondary finishing in bourbon. Angels Envy is finished in port barrels, which adds a layer of complexity to the whiskey and gives it a unique and approachable flavor. Plus, Angels Envy is one of the first full production urban distilleries in downtown Louisville. And whether it's for someone special or to bring to a housewarming party, Angels Envy makes the perfect gift. These angels are so, they have so much envy with its unique bottle design. Angels Envy bourbon finished in port barrels is sure to be the envy of any bar cart too. Look for Angels Envy bourbon finished in port barrels. Please drink responsibly. Copyright 2024. Angels Envy bottled by Louisville Distilling Company, Louisville, Kentucky. Los Angeles. Good to see you all. How are you tonight? I want to talk about something briefly that I don't usually talk about. Right before I came out here, there was an article in the New York Times that looked at what happened when Ronan Farrow was reporting on Harvey Weinstein while he was at NBC. Now, I don't talk about this a lot, but I'm very invested in this topic. I'm invested in this topic for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons is that I know exactly what fucking happened. (laughs) And it was wild to read an article in which the president of NBC News, on the record, with his name and his voice and presumably his face, just fucking lies about it. So in this article, they claim that Ronan didn't have the story and he asked to take it elsewhere. They let him take it elsewhere, and then later he requested the NBC cover the story, and they said, but wait, you no longer work here, or something. It doesn't matter. You guys know me, right? You, you, you know me from listening to this show. They are fucking lying. When I tell you that Ronan had the story, Ronan had the fucking story. He worked on that story for basically a year. It was heartbreaking what NBC did while he was reporting on that because he knew these people and he trusted these people and he came to them with a giant fucking story and they dragged their heels and they treated him like shit and finally he took it elsewhere and then you know what happened? He won a Pulitzer! And I was getting really angry about it. I was getting really angry about it. But then I kind of got sad for them because... This is self-aggrandizing. Do you remember that part of The Dark Knight? (laughs) Where that guy tries to go to Morgan Freeman and says, you know, I know he's Batman. And then Morgan Freeman's like, wait, let me understand this. (laughs) You think that one of the richest and most powerful people in the world spends his nights beating up criminals and your plan is to blackmail this person. And what I was thinking was, you lost one of the biggest stories in a generation You lost a reporter who went on to become a Pulitzer Prize winner, renowned for his credibility and investigative journalism. And your plan is to lie about this person? (laughs) Truth is coming. (laughs) Should we do an actual show? I'm literally just fuming about this. (laughs) I got a lot of work through. Anyway, Ron will put in the book. All right. Run NBC News. You kill a story, but own it. (laughs) You killed the story, and it blew up in your face. We, of course, support journalism. We believe in journalism. This is national broadcasting companies, NBC News, meet the press. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got to stop. It's great to be here at the Improv. We have a show next Thursday (laughs) where you can still get some tickets. If you haven't, please go to votesaveamerica.com. Make sure you pledge to vote. Be a voter. Unfuck America. Uh, We're going to be rolling out more and more on that website. It's going to be, we believe we're building a a really great resource for people to find out where to vote, how to vote, to see your ballot, to help go to events, to canvas, to phone bank, to kind of a one-stop shop where you can figure out how to participate. I'm very excited about our panel who've been waiting patiently at the door while I ramble. 
until I believe I have 60 seconds of a pretty tight attack at NBC that I'm going to keep in the show. <laughs> uh, he is the president of the Latino Victory Fund. Please welcome Cristobal Alex. How you doing? Great, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm excited. <laughs> She's an Entertainment Weekly correspondent and author of Choose Your Own Disaster. Please welcome Dana Schwartz. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? So good to see you. Thank you. You too. We know each other from Twitter. We do. So we know each other basically better than real life. This is the best way to know me. Uh, too much? Uh, <laughs> She's an actor and comedian from Bajillion Dollar Properties, co-host of Yo! Is This Racist, and she has a new podcast and recording project, The Supergroup. Please welcome back to the show, Tawny Newsom. Hi, hi. That's it! By John Williams. It is by John Williams. All right, let's get into it. What a week. <laughs> Primary season is almost over. Democrats are finally lining up behind their candidates all across America. On Tuesday in Florida, Andrew Gillum, the progressive African-American mayor of Tallahassee, had one of the biggest upsets of the season, defeating his deep-pocket establishment rivals to win the Democratic primary for governor. But on Wednesday morning, Gillum's Republican opponent, notorious Trump fanboy named Ron DeSantis, went... Full-on racist, and we have a clip. Florida elections are always competitive, and um, you know this is a guy who, although he's much too too liberal for Florida, I think he's got huge problems with how he's governed Tallahassee. Uh, you know he is an articulate spokesman for those far-left views, and he's a charismatic candidate. And you know I watched those Democrat debates; none of that was, was my cup of tea. But I mean, he performed better than the other people there. So so we've got to work hard to make sure that we continue Florida going in a good direction. Let's build off the success we've had on Governor Scott. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state. So first of all, people pointed out that it's like not even a slip of the tongue because monkeying things up isn't a phrase. No. 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 It's not a phrase people use. Uh, Monkeying like, around is a phrase. Yeah, it's almost like he was trying to find out like how far he could go that it would almost sound like a normal phrase. Yeah. He might as well have used a pitch pipe before delivering the line. It's yeah. like he was like, hmm, monkey. Like it really does feel yeah. like he, like there's this pause. Yeah. He was building towards this sentence. I mean, we've all been watching politicians on cable news for a very long time. That didn't look, didn't look like he was building towards that line. Oh, like yeah. he came here he with something excited. to say. I think he looked a little nervous. I think he looked like, this is going to be real bad, but my people told me to do it so I could radicalize the fucking hicks that are my base. So let me just... <gasps> and then he took like, a deep breath, and his eyes kind of twitched a little bit. Oh, man. This is, this is the same guy, remember, when Ocasio-Cortez won her primary. The first thing he did was go on TV and say, that girl or whatever she is, then he immediately started attacking her. Yeah. And then, remember, he ran an ad where he had his kid who is a toddler, the poor kid, being subjected to this, about building a wall. So he's teaching his kid how to build a wall, and that's his rolling out ad. It's amazing. This guy is incredibly racist. If you haven't made your donation to Andrew yet, do it now, please. Yeah. Uh, what also got a fair amount of right-wing media praise was DeSantis's claim that failed socialist Gillum's support for single-payer health care means he wants to turn Florida into Venezuela. What we've also seen is that more and more Democrats with a liberal agenda are winning their primaries and closing the gap with their opponents. Uh, as they do, Republicans and right-wing conservatives insist on hyping up the socialist label as a way to scare voters. The RNC called Ocasio-Cortez a mini Maduro. That was subtle. Newt Gingrich wrote a piece on Fox saying, can you believe how often I post pictures of Callista with Facetune? No, that's not what it was about. <laughs> Democrats have no idea what demons they are unleashing by making socialism mainstream, but all this Republican scaremongering uh, has rung false because they spent eight years labeling Obama's presidency as socialist. Bernie, AOC, Cynthia Nixon, they all identify as Democratic Socialists. However, it's not a political party. It's not in charge of the Democratic Party's agenda. But as the Washington Post notes, it's the most visible and organized force in politics for an ideology that both major parties have previously viewed with hostility. Tani, how do you feel about the socialist label? I feel like it's like LaCroix flavors. 
Okay. It's it's not really a it's not a soda. It's not a real flavor. It's hinting. It's kind of trying to tell you what it's about. <laughs> but like it's not adding any calories. It's not doing anything to hurt you. But people have feelings about coconut. <laughs> so like you trying to be mad about something that's barely a thing. All it's doing is enhancing some of our uh, participation in this thing. It's not affecting. I don't feel like it's a, a detrimental thing to people who are Democrats who claim to not want to be labeled as democratic socialists. I'm just like, why the fuck do you care if I drink coconut? It makes my consumption of water easier. Let me hydrate. <laughs> Did you think that's right? Do you think it's just like a brand? I totally agree. I think, though, the only downside that I see is when um, men with roses on their Twitter uh, handles uh, just like love saying mean things. They are the most emboldened out of anyone. I feel like it's the alt-right and then like the self-proclaimed DSA people who are the most gatekeeper. Yeah, it's interesting. There is this sort of strain of very aggressive, particularly male DSA members. Yet at the same time... Boy, calm down. We all read Marx in college. You're fine. (laughs) Let's have a conversation. We talked to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We talked to Cynthia Nixon today. And what I find hard to sort of grapple with is it feels as though we're all just dealing with the fact that the word liberal became a bad word. Because what she said, you know, democratic socialist to her is a gold standard and democrat is a silver standard. And a lot of what those who take the mantle of DSA advocate for are what I consider to be liberal positions. It's not you're not uh, uh, seizing the means of production. It's single-payer health care, affordable college, uh, criminal justice reform, basically a bolder version of what Democrats have been advocating for. That's not to diminish what they're saying. They are, I believe, rightly saying that the Democratic Party has failed to be bold enough. That's why they feel like they need this label. But, Christabel, do you think there's more to it than that? I mean, what do you make of this? Are you worried at all about this rise of Democrats also referring to themselves as democratic socialists? I'm, I'm not worried about it at all. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of labels. I'm a huge fan of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, though. And when I think about labels, you know, the first time I actually even heard that used was, was from Bernie, and then others have been using it. And I think what they're getting at are Northern European countries, Scandinavian countries that have done a good job of building up an economy and making sure that there's a safety net and making sure that there's a check on income inequality. And I'm fine with all of that. But I'm with the labels that you are, which is, are you a liberal or are you a conservative? And when I think of liberals, I think that's who gave us health care. That's who gave us the American with Disabilities Act. That's what gave us the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, Social Security, on and on and on. And conservatives along the way have fought that every single day. So on November, the only thing I care about is are you going to vote for the person that has the D next to their name? Because a vote for the GOP is a vote for Donald Trump. But maybe, maybe using uh, the Democratic Socialist label within the broader liberal context can get more people in and like sort of a, a healthy rebrand for Democrat. Because as you said, like Democrat has become works. less cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that Trump winning has gotten a lot of us paying attention in a really good way. But a lot of it is people so angry and so frustrating trying to solve 30-year problems in a two-year span. And whatever damage there's been done to the idea of being a liberal or the idea of being a Democrat, and you can blame Democrats who were too centrist or didn't fight hard enough or capitulated or accepted sort of Republican framing around what voters cared about, or you can blame Republicans who have built an incredible propaganda apparatus to make the word liberal and the word Democrat synonymous with profligacy or softness or whatever kind of deeper emotional terms they've had to connect these words with. Regardless, we can't solve it right now. But if getting young people out means embracing what AOC, what Cynthia Nixon, what Gillum is doing in Florida, that just seems obvious to me. And I guess I don't care about the labels. I just care about Democrats being united on election day, regardless of whether some portion of the party identifies as socialist as well. I'm totally with you. And one thing just to say here is, so the, the Republicans and the GOP are trying to paint these candidates as socialists, borrowing from some Russian-type propaganda, never mind that the reason we have this guy as president because of Russia. Right, of course, of course. I agree that we can't just lay this at the feet of Republicans, that, that we have to look at how Democrats fail to make a case and fail to fight for working people. You have to look at the deeper rot within both parties. I agree with that. But, but the antagonism, aggressiveness, and purity in some parts of the left, even as I have moved left myself, has made me alienated from that part of the movement. 
Sure, but what I think really galvanizes people is like hope and optimism and like wanting to achieve something that even if it's impossible, at least we're, we're going, like politically impossible, not like actually impossible, at least we're going for something where like capitulation and moderation isn't like sexy or exciting. It's not a motivating tool to get to the, like pragmatism doesn't like inspire young people to go to the, the polls. <laughs> Absolutely, but also like who has done more to excite people about left-wing politics? The kind of hopeful, positive, policy agenda of AOC or the kind of hostile and aggressive policing that you sometimes see on Twitter. I think it's pretty obvious which one makes people more excited yeah. to get involved. More AOC. Yeah. I like being yelled at by dudes on hoverboards. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and, and, and thinking for a minute about motivating forces, I mean, just speaking for us, what we're, what we're doing in terms of recruiting Latino candidates and turning Latino voters is, I think the greatest Latino political organizer of all time is going to end up being Donald Trump. What we're seeing are a 400% increase in people wanting to run for office. This Florida primary the other day was fascinating because the early data shows that Latinos are turning out at 2016 levels for a primary, and that's a big deal. And I think we have 45 to thank for that before we get rid of them. No. <laughs> no thanks. Won't be, uh, won't be sending a thank you. But it was just, that is worth noting that there was an incredible turnout in this primary, which is a really good sign. You know, there have been hopeful signs, there have been signs for concerns, reasons to believe this election is special, reasons to believe it's not, nothing is for certain, all caveats applied properly, but the turnout was pretty fucking sick. Uh, yeah. And also just, this is a small thing, but man, saying something nice about John McCain doesn't mean you're less committed to single payer. It's just not that complicated. I hated that, that, <laughs> that, um, that the gatekeeping, especially on AOC, like she just said like a polite, very diplomatic thing and people were like attacking her like a phony and it's like, no, she wants to be a politician. She wants to represent our country. She just said a nice tweet that has nothing to do with any of her policies. Yeah. Like gatekeeping will divide us. It's, I think it's really toxic. Yeah, I think there's that. Right. Yeah, I feel like as a good a good rule of thumb is if you're about to express an opinion on an opinion on an opinion, <laughs> you're too deep in the inception dream. Go back up a level or two. <laughs> when we come back, okay, stop. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Would you take a nap? Would you read a book? Would you show up for a friend? I mean, maybe I'd hang out with a friend. I don't know if I would show up for a friend. Well, okay. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. Yeah, we do. But at the same time, then you check your screen time on your phone and it's always like Ooh. six hours a day. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of people running around playing busy, you know? Yeah. If you're on your phone for six hours, you could be less busy. You could be Just less put busy. Your phone down. I'm a, I'm a guilty as anybody. That's what therapy's for. It helps figure out these problems. <laughs> put down your phone for an hour during therapy. Yeah, you can't be on your phone during therapy. They hate it. <laughs> but they can't stop you. It's your hour. Anyway, the point is everybody needs therapy. I need it. John needs it. Anyone else? Anybody else? <laughs> no, that's it. Just that's the two it. of us Just need it. Just the two of us. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash loveit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash loveit. And we're back! <laughs> now for a game we call OK Stop. We'll roll the clip and the panel can say, okay, stop at any point to comment. Remember that racist guy from What A Week? <laughs> well, it turns out he didn't just start being awful on Tuesday. As Cristobal mentioned, he ran a pretty incredible ad. Let's watch it. Everyone knows my husband, Ron DeSantis, is endorsed by President Trump, but he's also an amazing dad. Okay, stop. Okay. <laughs> I love the sentence. He's endorsed by Trump, but... <laughs> He loves his family. <laughs> that is such a wonderful, accidental bit of projection. <laughs> Whatever the production company is that made this, instantly when you see it, if the sound was off, I would think it was an erectile dysfunction medication ad. Like, well, the weird fuzziness, the light, it's so bad. In a way, isn't it? <laughs> mm. 
and loves playing with the kids. Build the wall. He okay, stop. Just for those listening, uh, he was building a wall of child bricks with his child. Yeah. It is so gross to use your kids to say, I love Trump so much, I teach my kids about his racist policies. It's thrown in there so fast. It's like he said so much more, and whoever the director was was like, oh, we got to cut him off like that. He's like, build the wall. And then also, and he just like goes on some insane tirade. I like how, how teaching children like to repeat and like parrot political phrases is like the scariest use of children outside of a horror movie. Like outside of a child mournfully singing like a nursery rhyme alone in a dark alley, like this is the second most terrifying thing a child can do. Yes, that's right. Or, or a child saying, walking up to you and saying something like, is it sad that I know when you'll die? You know, that kind of thing. Something like, something about the future. That's like three. It's yeah. always sad when the kids know that you're always uncomfortable when a child predicts the future yeah. with confidence. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. Okay, stop. I just want to point out that the kid is in suspenders. Children don't need suspenders. <laughs> And he so doesn't want to be there. Even that kid is like, get me out of here. Also, if Pitbull Trump Defender doesn't become an SNL character that is a mashup of Pitbull and a Trump Defender, then they needed to hire me in 2012. As, <laughs> also, as a general rule, anyone who calls him Mr. Trump is someone not great. Yeah. And this is this is like the least important point at all, and it's super pedantic. But he's reading what sounds like a children's book, but that is a, a chapter book. <laughs> that is a very long book. There's no way that book is for that child. And then Mr. Trump said, like, no, no, it doesn't have like size 40 Comic Sans font. Wrong book. I don't buy it. I love that part. He's teaching Madison to talk. Make America great again. People say Ron's Trump, but he is so much more. Big League. So good. I just thought you should know. Ron DeSantis for governor. It is. That is. I would love for somebody to prove me wrong. I believe that that is the most servile and pathetic political ad I have ever seen in my entire life. I am searching my brain to find one that is more pathetic. I cannot think of one. Anybody have one? I don't think you do. That is gross as hell. What is that ad about? That ad has no actual content other than I worship the ground, Donald Trump walks on, you love him, I love him, we love him, vote for me. Honestly, like, half surprised he didn't announce that he legally changed one of his children's names to Donald Trump DeSantos. And, and what's, what's also sad about it is, I mean, the ad is actually working. I mean, the base loves this shit. They see his wall building, they see the Donald Trump defense, and it reminds me, we were talking earlier about Florida, but if you think about Stacey Abrams in Georgia, her opponent was running around the state making an ad with the bus saying he was going to round up quote-unquote illegals. I mean, it's the same bullshit ads attacking Latinos, attacking immigrants, attacking people of color, and turning out their base. It's, our side needs to figure this out because we argue amongst ourselves about what kind of message to use, afraid to turn out the other side. These guys, it's all about the base all the time. It's so weird, though, because wouldn't people who voted for Donald Trump go to the polls and vote Republican anyway? Well, I think this was to get him out of the primary. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the logo also bothers me because a disembodied silhouette of Florida always just looks like a dick. <laughs> so, again, erectile dysfunction ad. And we end where we began. And that's okay, stop. <laughs> when we come back, we have a very special dramatic reading. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Love It or Leave It is brought to you by WikiHole on Wondery. Do you know when Crystal Pepsi was discontinued, what was in Al Capone's vault, or which famous meteorologist is Lenny Kravitz's second cousin? If not, then you haven't spent enough time on Wikipedia, but that's okay, because you can learn all about it on the new podcast, WikiHole from Smartless Media. Discover the craziest rabbit holes on Wikipedia with host Darcy Carden and her favorite comedian friends as they bring the cyber frontier directly to your tympanic membrane. We love Darcy. Love Darcy. And if you listen to WikiHole, you learn that is the sciencey term for eardrum. WikiHole is a hyperlink roller coaster, starting out on one Wikipedia page and then going from link to link to link, careening through trivia, oddities, and unexpected connections until everyone wonders how the hell did we get here. Follow WikiHole on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to WikiHole ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. 
And we're back. <laughs> Kellyanne Conway has given her reputation to Donald Trump and said, do whatever. Her husband, <laughs> her husband George Conway is a vocal critic of Donald Trump. To illustrate this dichotomy, we thought we'd do a dramatic reading. Here to play the role of George Conway is the lead singer of the band Dawes, Taylor Goldsmith. And to play Kellyanne Conway, please welcome Mandy Moore. Taylor, how are you doing? Pretty good. Mandy, how are you? I'm well, thanks. I'm so excited that we have, as a couple, you guys, you guys strong? <laughs> well, Conway's strong. It's, it's strong in what sense? Stronger, th strong, stronger, stronger than, than Kellyanne and George. Yeah. Yeah. God, I hope so. You guys ready? It's a lot of pressure. Sure. What follows is a series of real statements that have been said publicly by husband and wife George and Kellyanne Conway. Let's begin. European leaders do not think Trump is a stable genius. What could possibly make them think that? And tweet. I feel like there's a part of him, my husband, that thinks I chose Donald Trump over him. The charge that Trump's campaign and his charitable foundation violated federal campaign finance laws are obviously very serious allegations. And they should be referred to the United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York. I think it's disrespectful. I think it disrespects his wife. High misdemeanors encompass breaches of the duties of loyalty, good faith, and care, and of the obligations to follow the law and constitution. Nobody knows who I am because of my husband. People know of my husband because of me. Trump is having a meltdown. Retweet. <laughs> Allies fear Trump isn't ready for gathering legal storm. Retweet. Donald Trump, the pariah president, and retweet. It is disrespectful. It's a violation of basic decency, certainly if not marital vows, but quote me as a person familiar with their relationship. No, we're on the record here. You cannot say after the fact as someone familiar. I told you everything about his tweets was off the record. No, that's not true. That never happened. <laughs> well, shit. And now... What follows is a lightly fictionalized account of what that night must have been like after <laughs> that article posted. Kellyanne waits nervously. The door opens. George enters. She cannot read him. Hi, honey. George puts his briefcase down but doesn't say anything. So, how was your day? It was fine. Did you happen to see the Washington Post? Oh, did that story run? Yes. And listen, I was totally Because sources familiar with George's thinking say he's fucking pissed. <laughs> oh. Okay, you saw it. Yes, I saw it. I'm on Twitter, remember? You know Twitter? The place where I called my wife's boss a tyrant? And I love that about you. How you go online and just casually imply your wife is destroying America. I never implied that. Well, on the Destroy America team. Yes, I did imply that. <laughs> That's fair. You're good. I win arguments for a living. But it's also your passion, you devious woman. Oh, don't flirt with me. What if I do, you liar? Don't call me a liar. <laughs> you, you never answer a question. That's not fair. But it's not because the answer would hurt Trump. Why? Why won't I answer a question? Because the answer would horrify and you. And why is that? Because you're evil. Ugh, shut up and kiss your evil wife. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and scene, guys, give it up. For Mandy Moore and Taylor Goldsmith, that was amazing. Thank you so much. That was so funny. <laughs> One more time for Mandy and Taylor. When we come back, we'll play a game. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. 
No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. And we're back with our fantastic panel. The good old swamp monsters at Axios dropped a bombshell earlier this week when they reported that senior House Republicans had compiled a spreadsheet of scandals they were worried could it would be investigated if Democrats took back the House. And let's just say, let's just say, this is the only spreadsheet that has ever made me horny. <laughs> but the culture of corruption in the Republican Party is so widespread that we don't think you can tell which is a real scandal on the investigation wish list and which is one we actually made up. So who would like to play World's Sexiest Spreadsheet? Hi, what's your name? Dominic. Dominic? Yes. But you said, you have an accent? Yeah, I'm from New Zealand. Wow. I live here, though. Good. Good. We have, a great, we have a really great prime minister. You have a great prime minister. She's a woman. She just had a baby. She's the greatest. That's cool. Our president has many babies, some acknowledged. Uh, <laughs> so, joke's on you. <laughs> One baby, how about at least five? You win this round. <laughs> okay. So here's how it works. I'm gonna, this is a lightning round game, Dominic. You said Dominic, it was very, but I'm gonna say Dominic. That's, I thought that's what I said. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to read you a scandal, and you have to tell me if it's real or if it's fake. Gotcha. You ready? Yes. Which of the following were scandals on the spreadsheet? President Trump's tax returns. Yes. Yes. You say real or fake, Dominic. Real. Real. Trump's calling up IRS to demand Rosie O'Donnell's tax returns. Fake. Correct. Trump family businesses and whether they comply with the Constitution's emolument clause, including the Chinese trademark branch of the Trump organization. Real. Correct. Jared Kushner's ethics law compliance. Real. Correct. Mike Pence using taxpayer resources to buy an original Gutenberg Bible for an ex-gay pastor. <laughs> Fake. Correct. Steve, Mook- Steve Mnookin's small dollar donations to an Iranian film producer to buy movie rights. Fake. Correct. Hurricane response in Puerto Rico. Correct. Correct. Discussion of classified information at Mar-a-Lago. Real. Real. Donald <laughs> Trump Jr.'s energy. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> James Comey's firing. Real. Correct. Trump's dealings with Russia, including the president's preparation for his meeting with Vladimir Putin. Real. Correct. Family separation. Real. Correct. Family separation of Donald and Tiffany. (laughs) Fake. Correct. The Muslim ban. Real. Correct. The payment to Stormy Daniels. Real. Correct. The payment to Karen McDougal. Real. Correct. The payment to Alexis Texas. Fake. I don't don't know who that is. (laughs) Should I know who that is? Do you know who it is? Do you know? Does someone know? Is it more porn stuff? I don't know. <laughs> is it a porn thing? She's Texan. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, it'll be Every fine. dude is like, I don't know. Why would I know? I don't I'll know. <laughs> never, never One of you her. knows. No clue. Uh, Ivanka's insistence that she won't go down in history as a really awful member of American society because it doesn't matter how nice she is when she stood by a racist president. That's all that fucking matters. Fake. She's a horror. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll give that to you. Trump's firing of U.S. attorneys. Real. Trump's proposed gender transgender ban for the military. Real. Secretary Steve Mnookin's business dealings. Real. White House staff's personal email use. Real. Cabinet secretary travel, office expenses, and other misused perks. Real. Dismissal of members of the EPA Board of Scientific Counselors. Real. The travel ban. Real. Election security and hacking attempts. Real. White House security clearances. Real. And they claim the full list has more than 100 scandals total. They didn't even release them all. What a fantastic roadmap for Democrats. Thank you for collecting all that information, House Republicans, before we take that fucking gavel from Paul Ryan's fucking hand. (laughs) Give it up for Dominic from New Zealand, who lives here. He has won the game. He straight up killed that. He probably wrote that spreadsheet. How do you know all that stuff? Yeah. Oh, and he won a parachute gift card. Forgot to mention. Now for a segment we call the Kavanaugh stuff. Here's how it works. <laughs> cool. Uh, 
Earlier this week, Democrats completely caved to Republican demands and fast-tracked the appointment of 15 Trump-nominated judicial picks. Seven were confirmed that very day. Eight will be confirmed next week. This is also they could return home to districts a few days early to campaign. This is an incredibly disheartening surrender by the Democrats, especially because we are heading into a confirmation battle for Brett Kavanaugh that no one on our side is paying enough attention to. Uh, so, to remind us all to pay attention, I want to go through everything we learned about Brett Kavanaugh this week in a segment we call The Kavanaugh Stuff. We're going to put two minutes on the clock, and we're going to run through it. Are you guys ready? Here we go. A ton of new information came out this week about Kavanaugh's history of bad decisions. In 2008, a court found that undocumented workers should be granted the same bargaining rights as their documented colleagues. Radical judge but nice carpool dad, Brett Kavanaugh, dissented, saying that undocumented workers didn't even count as employees. He affirmed the Department of Defense's choice to negate the collective bargaining rights of employees uh, at the Department of Defense. In 2012, he ruled in favor of the Trump Organization after a company executive asked to throw out the results of a union election at Trump Plaza. In 2014, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, launched an investigation that found seaworthy World, had willfully endangered his employees, but Brett Captain Abonah, <laughs> keep up with the names, there's more, uh, <laughs> interviewed saying OSHA was trying to stretch its general authority. He said that SeaWorld employees consent to putting themselves in danger, comparing their work to tiger taming in football. In 2015, Brett Cava, New York, New York, supported a casino's First Amendment right to summon police to issue citations to union protesters trespassing on company property. Brett Cava, Norma Ray, loves busting unions almost as much as he loved presidential power. In 2002, Brett Schock and Avanah wrote that president... <laughs> that the president would have unilateral authority under the Constitution to hold Guantanamo detainees indefinitely without congressional authorization. Cava New World Order also remarked that the Constitution does not impose international law as a limit on Congress's authority and rejected any international law-based constraint on Congress's authority to assign criminal jurisdiction to military commissions rather than federal courts. In 2011, Brett Kavanaugh Act voted to turn over a U.S. citizen linked to al-Qaeda to Iraqi authorities, even though they were likely to torture him. Then in 2015, he called the National Security Agency's wide-scale secret collection of your telephone records a critically important special need that outweighed the impact and privacy occasioned by this program. Not only that, but we also found out this week that Brett Kavanaugh is against clean power plants because he stated that they would hurt the U.S. economy, even though the EPA provided mounts of evidence stating the contrary. Kavanaugh's air also claimed that the EPA was stepping over the line by trying to impose sanctions on power plants, even though the EPA had a mandatory duty under the law to lower carbon pollution from power plants. Finally, in 2002, he tried to limit the amount victims of 9-11 and their family members could receive from the federal government. Not only was he concerned about the victims receiving too much money, but he was also openly worried about how these payments might affect the bottom lines of the corporations like airlines if they decided to sue. So, so if you want to stop his nomination, reminder, call your senators. Time is running out and they need to feel the pressure. It doesn't matter if you're in a red or blue state, your senator needs to hear from you, but this is especially urgent. If you're in a state with someone on the fence like Susan Collins or Joe Manchin, your phone call can make a difference. Call them every day if you can. The number is 202-224-3121. And that's the Kavanaugh stuff. <laughs> All right, when we come back, the rant wheel. Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming up. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. And we're back! <laughs> now for the rant wheel. Here's how it works. <laughs> Here's how it works. We spin the wheel wherever it lands. We talk about the topic. This week on the wheel, we have the fake Warren Buffett Twitter, Kim Kardashian discovering the podcast Serial, we have Serena Williams' cat suit. Those electric scooters that are everywhere. People whose phones are not set to silent 24-7. Democrats uh, bringing knives to gunfights. Sharp objects. And Louis C.K. Let's spin the wheel. It has landed on sharp objects, which was suggested... By Tawny. Yes. Has, has the audience seen it? I'm not going to spoil anything. Yes. 
Um, I recommend everyone see it. I think it's so good. And I, I want to talk about people that think that it's slow or think that it's meandering. I read some reviews that were just like, it's good, but... And I'm like, what are you talking about? The ending and the, and the content of it? You want to run quickly towards that? You want to go directly at that? No, we need to meander because it's so heavy. I'm also really here for the fact that normally if I like turn on a show and I don't see any black people within like the first two episodes, I'm just like, I don't need to watch this. But um, the fact that it's like assertively white, it's not like aggressively white, right? It's not like a entourage or something. It's like assertively white. It's just like you will feel our white presence, but it's not like uh, oppressive in any way. Um, but the fact that like I know so many black people who are into it because we're here for like gowns, like that cotillion scene. That should have been scary. That like Daughters of the American Revolution, whatever the fuck that, that was, where they're all just like flitzing around remembering the Civil War, but everyone's in like a beautiful gown. So many black people are like, oh my God, Elizabeth Perkins dress in that scene, right? We're here for the drinking. We're here for the excessive drinking. We're here for Chris Messina because he's like, he's the black person of that show basically. <laughs> So the fact that it has, it, he really is, the fact that it has uh, won over pe people of color in a way, I'm just like, this show has figured it out. It's scary. It's creepy as hell. And I don't want to go fast. It should meander. It's got to take its time to get to the horrifying, shocking ending that I will not tell you, but everyone should go watch it. Give it up for Tani. I would like to say a word about Elizabeth Perkins. Oh, yes, please. Say all Move. the words. I love. And Elizabeth Perkins, Kevin Bacon, Kirstie Alley, and John Travolta have a dubious honor. And the honor is this. They were in Look Who's Talking, John Travolta and Kirstie Alley, and He Said, She Said with uh, Elizabeth Perkins and Kevin Bacon. Those two films taught me too much too soon <laughs> about a lot of shit. Yeah. I saw both of them when I was too young, mm -hmm. and I learned a lot about relationships and sex and things like adultery and artificial insemination and breaking up mm -hmm. and like casual sex, all from those two films. You know, if we're, if we're bringing up casual sex, just really, really quick aside. <laughs> let's see. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Don't hook up with anyone who says that sharp objects is too slow because it just means they have no concept of pacing. Oh, I like that. Pacing. I like that. Let's spin it again. <laughs> Look who's talking. It has landed on Democrats bringing knives to gunfights, suggested by Cristobal. That's right. Here's the thing. <laughs> I feel like, and this happened in 2017 in Virginia's governor's race, old school Democratic operatives, consultants, old school establishment folks worry too much about what the other side is going to do if we run ads that are hard-hitting or we push back aggressively, we need to stop worrying about what the other side thinks about what we're doing and focus our message on our people and turn out our people. And the other part of this is, I've been traveling quite a bit lately, and everywhere I go, people ask, is this a Hillary candidate or a Bernie candidate? Who the fuck cares? That's the past. Let's look forward, turn out our voters, and let's win in November. Yeah. I'm on board. Winning in November. Let's do it. Let's spin it again. So. Ah! It's landed on Louis C.K., which was suggested by Dana. Ah! Oh my God, guys, how did we let this happen? Me Too movement is, is, is this really powerful and amazing thing. And, and women and men are finally becoming empowered to be able to stand up and, and speak about things that have happened to them. But we will lose all of that if we just collectively, whether it's through apathy or whether it's through disagreement, just say that, okay, well, the proper like, punishment for this is a nine-month timeout, and then you can just come back like business as usual. I have jars of almond butter in my fridge that have been there for longer than Louis C.K. stopped doing comedy. And I know it's a, it's a really difficult conversation to have of like, how do we move forward from this? Because there is no answer and no two people are going to agree. People are gonna, you know, either be comfortable with him back on stage or want him, you know, alone in Antarctica forever. But if we, just because it's a hard conversation to have, doesn't mean it's one that we're just completely ignore and let him get back to business as usual. Because in any other field, if someone repeatedly went up to female coworkers and was like, 
hi, can I masturbate in front of you? Just habitually for 20 years? In no other field would we let him come back after 10 months. Like, a lawyer would be disbarred and like, a manager at California Pizza Kitchen would no longer be a manager at California Pizza Kitchen. It's just because comedy as a whole has no HR department, that means the responsibility is on all of us collectively to not be quiet about this. I just want to imagine a California Pizza Kitchen manager <laughs> going back after 10 months and just, uh, just clients of that CBK being like, He's fucking back. Yeah. He's back, baby. The guy that jerked off in front of people is back at this CPK, and it's about fucking time. What? What? So he, he can never ladle marinara again? What? Never? Can't, How's he going to feed his family? Can't bring me a Monterey dip? That fried chicken sandwich is his favorite thing to make. He never gets to do that never, again. Never? Ever? What? That's what everyone says. Also, people that are like, how is Louis C.K. going to feed his family? I'm like, with all the money he still has, he is fine. I'm also like, you know, I, it's hard because like I, we both pitched this for the rant wheel. Yeah, and no, then we wanted to talk about Secretly, this. I was like glad that you did it because I was like, I'm still trying to have a career in comedy and this man's about to be like on top deciding who does and doesn't get jobs in like 10 seconds, you oh, know? that's comforting. So it's, <laughs> I mean, he truly is and it's it's like, I feel like I, I don't believe he can never come back. I feel like we have to figure out how long it is. It certainly isn't right now. Also, you can't just come back showing your sweaty face in a black t-shirt just on stage, not talking about the shit. Like, you need to come back in a real incognito kind of or quiet way. at least have the decency to do like a Barbara Walters interview and like pretend to be really Yeah, sad. like tell like, us what you've that learned, decency. do a mea culpa, be like, I went on a retreat, I found God, whatever. <gasps> But, like, do anything else. Write a book. You know, do something quiet. Like, fund some women's projects that you like to work with. B drop a mixtape. Become an indie trap artist. Do, like, a Chris Gaines, Garth Brooks thing. Like, I don't care. And then, like, we don't know it's you. And then in, like, two years after you've, like, showed all the progress you've made, suddenly be like, ha-ha, that was me. And we're like, what indie trap house artist gesticulate is Louis C.K.? What? <laughs> like, there's so much shit he could do slowly. And I do think people should be able to come back in certain circumstances but it's just like not right now dude just give us a minute and if you are going to come back in full force right now surround yourself with women like me and women like Dana who are still fucking so angry at you because at least we'll keep you from fucking up again <laughs> let's spin it again <laughs> it has landed on Kim Kardashian discovering cereal this is so sweet. I thought it was sweet. I want to make a point. <laughs> and the point is this. The iTunes charts are a discovery tool. All right? That means when you launch, they kind of boost new stuff. Love It or Leave It was once a new show. And I watched it climb the charts. Ten. Eight. Three. Two. No, not one. <laughs> it never reached number one because of a show and the people who brought you cereal called S-Town. And S-Town was phenomenal. Love it or leave it, never got to be number one on the charts. And now Kim Kardashian is discovering cereal. She's probably enjoying it. It's a wonderful, engaging, deeply reported, important piece of journalism. Move podcasting forward. <laughs> Let's spin it again. <laughs> you guys think I can call this episode Kim Kardashian, try this show next? Yeah. <laughs> it has landed on the electric scooters that are everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, twist. They're fucking great. I saw people who said boo now clapping. Yeah. 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 yeah you want to see a sheep ride a scooter? The, uh, <laughs> those scooters are great. All right. Oh, yes, they are. And I'll tell you why. I've been reading for years blogs about transportation, about the last mile problem. Remember segways? Remember segways? Segways are going to solve the last mile problem. You're going to buy a weird tricycle with two wheels. Balance using gyroscopes? Well, no, it didn't take off because they were $7,000 and you look like a dweeb and now they're for the 
cops that drew the short straw. <laughs> no, it turned out it was gonna be the electric scooters. And they're great. And I owned an electric scooter when I lived in the District of Columbia because at first I had a bike, but when you bike in DC in a suit, you end up disgusting. <laughs> then I got an electric bicycle that had a little motor on it, but then I locked it at 17th and L, but thought I locked it at 16th and M, and then I thought it was stolen. <laughs> and then four months later, I happened to be at 16th and L. I was like, oh, oh, oh it was my fucking bike. It wasn't stolen. It was right here the whole time. But by then it had snowed and rain had snowed and time had passed. It was just a rusted old hunk. So, in the interim, I bought an electric scooter. And it was great. And I like to believe that a Jewish gay liberal in a Darwin t-shirt riding through the gates of the White House on an electric scooter he bought on Amazon to write speeches about don't ask, don't tell and universal health care was a rebuke to somebody. <laughs> and I believed in that electric scooter and I was made fun of by some people you know. You're John Favreau's. You're Tommy's Vitor. But I said, I believe in this technology. And now, Lo, these many years later, I am vindicated. The scooters are good. Praise be to the scooters. Scooters, hear our prayer. Let's end on a high note. <laughs> Tuesday night, Oklahoma's GOP primary season came to an end, and the teachers beat the billionaires in a rout. 19 Republicans voted against raising taxes to increase teacher pay last spring. Only four will be on the ballot this November. This comes in response to huge budget cuts to teachers and students. Between 2008 and 2015, Oklahoma slashed its per-student education spending by 23%, more than any state in the country. Uh, but people came out, even Republicans, they voted out the people that have been decimating schools. We are finally seeing revolt against that kind of austerity politics that said that no tax is acceptable, taxes must be cut, government be cut, must be cut at all costs. We've seen teachers protesting across the country. It is paying off at the ballot box. That is exciting. It shows that working class issues, working people issues can matter and make a difference. Whether you're Democrat or Republican, that this is something that is bringing people out, this is something people care about, uh, and that's exciting. And uh, I thought that was a high note to end on, so I did. And that's our show. I want to thank Cristobal Alex, Dana Schwartz, Tawny Newsom, Taylor Goldsman, and Mandy Moore. Thank you all for coming out. See you guys next week. Have a great night. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.